Hey, this is Tung from Televised Uncensored, brought to you by BroCoolNation.com, and you're listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. And this is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on the Twitters. This is Mike, and you can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. <laughs> Why the sigh? Because uh, Tiny changed it up a little bit. He put oh. and in front of his name and said the Twitters. Oh, the Twitters. The Twitters. Let's take it again, guys. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. So I, I, I want to start by doing a, uh, a little bit of shameless self-promotion. Yes. My new band, As Good As It Gets, uh, just yesterday, as of this recording, posted our new EP, our first EP, it's called the Something Something Old EP, uh, and it's got five songs on it, and you can download it for free on Bandcamp. The website is asgoodasitgetsband.bandcamp.com, uh, and you can go in for free, name your price. If you want to give us a uh, dollar or a hundred dollars or zero dollars, it doesn't matter. We appreciate the downloads, so um, we're super proud of it. We were in a band for a long time. I've said that a hundred times mm-hmm. on this podcast before. Um, but I think we, I think this is, we, we are more proud of this release than we've been for release in a long time. So, um, we really want people to hear it. We're gonna, we're gonna play some shows soon. So please download that as good as it gets. The EP is the something old EP. And the links, of course, are in the show notes and everything. Mike, I listened to it this morning, and it's it's awesome. As a longtime fan of Thank You, Jade, I was very happy to see uh, new music from you guys. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. I do have some notes, though. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> as I said, I've been I've been writing is the best iteration of that song because I remember you were sending it to me like when it was just you writing it and and doing it yourself. Um, yeah, you kind of you kind of saw the whole process of that song. You, totally, you've seen, you've yeah. Heard every version. Yeah, like pre uh, pre obsessive viewer, even the blog pre that. It's been a few years. Like it was on my iPod, like when I had an iPod, um, <laughs> a long time <laughs> when ago. When people had iPods, yeah, and it would just it would just randomly pop up, and I'd be like, oh, awesome. There's Mike. So anyway, so now in this version, I think you should update it, and it's like it starts with uh, I faked life for a while. Uh huh. Um. Uh, ended up alone. Yeah, listening to the obsessive viewer podcast. Oh, you that's know what? You... That's in the that's in the uh, the B sides version of the album. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, we took that take and it just uh, it was we're, too we're awesome. Put it out on the B sides record. Yeah, <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> you crashed the website from all of our fans flocking to the yes. to Bandcamp website. Yeah, all of them exactly. Yeah, all the fans. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, awesome. Super proud of you guys. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely proud of it definitely too. awesome. And the the plan is to have like multiple EPs released soon. Yep, that's right. We're gonna do basically like, uh, and that was kind of the big announcement to go with it. That's like every three months we'll have a new EP coming out. Uh, we've actually recorded most of the songs for the next EP. It's gonna be called the Something New EP, and then we're gonna do Something Borrowed which is going to be a covers EP, <laughs> which is super exciting, super That's fun. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I just and screamed. then the last one is going to be something blue. And that'll be 
all new songs, nothing anybody has ever heard before. And so that's that's super exciting. Very cool. It's all Very about cool. being a bride on your wedding day. Uh, kinda. It's <laughs> not really because brides are blue. I don't know. Um, no, it's just we're kind of we're kind of unofficially calling these the commitment EPs, and oh. it's kind of. It's kind of about the series is about like where we are now as men. We're both married men. And this this one came out close to the anniversary of my wedding. And then the the fourth one will come out close to the anniversary of Dustin's wedding. And so it's and, and there's kind of a lot of those things we talked about, like where we were. As re- this is an obsessive viewer, by the way, I'm totally ranting. I apologize. <laughs> um, we we kind of talked about where we were as writers, and a lot of the so- a couple of the songs on the Something Old EP, the first one we just put out, um, are are really about the writing process and about where we are as writers and where we are as as musicians. I've been writing. Matt, you mentioned yes. uh, is actually about. I wrote that a couple of weeks after we decided that Thank You Jade would kind of call it a day. Uh, and so that's about that. And and then our Clothes Like Lust is another song on there that we wrote that, that is on the surface uh, just kind of a love song about getting back to back home to someone you're in love with. But it's also like getting back to the writing process. It's, it's Dustin and I kind of figuring out again who we are uh, as writers and kind of who we are as musicians and kind of what we want to be. So anyway, the whole project is kind of like this rebirth and, and it's kind of like who we are now. That is awesome. And I, like I said, I'm really excited. And thanks. Uh, yeah. 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 It's fun. Awesome. Uh, like I said, links in the, in the show notes and everything. But as you said, this is the Obsessive Viewer podcast. Uh, what are we talking about today, guys? We're talking about stuff. Yeah, Shocktober. well, it's we're still in the midst of Shocktober. Correct. Uh, as we are recording, we're less than half a month, um, so we're gonna save we're gonna save kind of our updates, and we're gonna make sure we have time for potpourri at the end of this episode yes. for sure, because we need to talk about Shocktober uh, at the halfway mark. But we're gonna talk about today. Uh, we kind of cycled through a lot of options of what we might talk about, but I think we kind of landed on something that we all agree with, and we wanted to talk about. Um, remakes or adaptations we'd like to see happen in horror movies. Yes. It's called remake this horror. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to go with for I the like title. It. Yeah. I like it. Uh, and, it yeah. and it leaves us open to do a whole series of remake this episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so these are just, you know, horror movies. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but horror movies, a lot of them are pretty crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times they get remade and those are also crappy. Exactly. <laughs> so we are going to give Hollywood a little Shocktober gift and tell them how to remake certain things to make money and to fund our next Shocktober Nervington thing. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this, I hope I get this up before Shocktober Nervington. <laughs> but um, uh, if you're in Indianapolis and it's not October 17th, and it's before October 17th, go to the Irving Theater, October 17th at 6 p.m. We're having a, a screening of Night of the Living Dead, screening of horror short films, costume contest raffle, all benefiting benefiting the Irvington Historical Society. And so, your ears. And your ears, yes. And eyes. And eyes, yeah. yeah. The, whole, the whole thing, the whole sensory oh, yeah. experience. Very visceral. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't touch us, though, so... Speak for yourself. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. Yeah. Tiny loves hugs. I love hugs. Yes. Um, 
God damn it. Tiny's a little cuddle monster. <laughs> oh, I hate you right now. <laughs> All right. So moving on. So anyway, so who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Cool. I have... I I think this is going to be pretty controversial. Controversial. Nice. Amongst the listeners. Um, I'm going to pick uh, to be remade the movie Dracula. Or Dracula. <laughs> um, based specifically on Bram Stoker's book. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been two major motion pictures of the actual story, Bram Stoker's story. There have been tons of Dracula movies mm-hmm. and... TV show series. Like, se- like sexy Draculas. Right. Right. Uh, Dracula Untold was just released Correct. last week. And uh, it actually did okay at the box office. I think it did, I think it unseated Gone Girl. No, it, it was no. still number no, two. Oh, not. never mind. Thank God. But it still um, made like $25 million? Yeah, and I believe it was also PG-13. Oh, really? Yeah, which that just... Doesn't make any sense. No, if you're going to do a Dracula movie, don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, uh, what's your favorite iteration of Dracula on the screen, Tiny? Um, I like Twilight with all the sexy Draculas. Oh, you got me down, Spider Monkey. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> There's tons of Draculas in that one. There are. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I think part of what might, might make this opinion controversial is the fact that I've never seen the Bela Lugosi Dracula from 1931. Ah. Which was like the first major motion picture one. Um, whenever you think of Dracula, Count Dracula, you mm-hmm. think of Bela Lugosi. I mean, right. the guy, yep. that's who you think of. Um, and then there's the other most famous one is 1992's uh, Dracula as mm-hmm. well, uh, starring Gary Oldman and uh, oh, Keanu nice. Reeves, uh, Winona Ryder. Um, I don't really like either of them. That's why I want to see it remade. Huh, nice. <laughs> I remember reading the book, uh, Bram Stoker's book, when I was I was probably like eleven or twelve, and uh, a lot of it was over my head, you know, because it's a Victorian era story. Sure, it's, it's kind of kind of heavy for an eleven year old. Right. Um, but I remember some of this, like the scenes that played out, were truly chilling. Nice. Um, and really well done. And I just feel like, I feel like the 1992 Dracula, um did not capture those scenes. Again, I, I can't speak to the 1931 version, but, um, you know, it's film was practically new back then. I mean, film was in its infancy in 1931, right. um, especially sound film, um, talkies, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, so I, I think regardless of how, you know, um, iconic Bela Lugosi's performances and, and how iconic that film is, I think, there's nothing wrong with updating something that old. I think it's I think it's okay, especially when it comes to horror like this, mm-hmm. um, something based on a previous story. Um, but the 1992 version I have seen a couple times. Um, Gary Oldman is amazing because he's Gary Oldman. Right. That guy is just untouchable as far as I'm concerned. Um, but pretty much all of his amazingness is just bled away by Keanu Reeves trying to do a British <laughs> accent. Oh, no. It's so bad. Oh, God. Well, I'm it's, out. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I would go so far as to say it's one of the worst miscasts ever. Wow. I mean, it's, why? Why would you? You're talking about Bill, or, or is he Ted and Bill and Ted? Yeah, he's Ted. He's Ted, Ted. sure. Yeah, I can't remember. Ted Theodore Logan. There you go. <laughs> that guy. Wow. <laughs> Playing a yeah. uh, uh, Victorian British national. 
Jesus. if you will, and like an upper class posh kind of guy. <laughs> oh, it's bad. That's I like Keanu Reeves as a person. I mean, he's like he's great in certain things. Yeah, from what I've heard, he's a, he's like the nicest person ever. Like he, right. there's the um, he he donated like oh, like a bunch of money from his uh from from the uh, Matrix sequels that he made that he was get like his salary from the Matrix sequels mm-hmm. to like the crew like the special effects crew and like the underpaid kind of crew members of the movies. Wow. Uh what yeah. A dick. I know, right? <laughs> and he also did that uh that documentary. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, uh side by side. Yeah. Uh, about digital versus film. I liked his approach on that. that was yeah, and he like, he seems just a, like a really down to earth guy. Definitely. Um, Mike, have you watched either of the Dracula movies? The tiny. No, Mutants? no, I haven't seen either of them. Okay, crap, neither have I. Oh, <laughs> well, darn it. Yeah, but how would you remake it? Uh, I would stick to the book, mm-hmm. which you know both of the well, <laughs> the 1992 one sticks to the book. I, I assume the the 1931 does as well. Um, but I don't know. I would just cast it better yeah. i mean I, that sounds bad because we're talking about gary olden here um and like i said he was amazing but uh keanu reeves i just don't care for in this role i, I like him in several other things i mean speed awesome movie <laughs> um but uh winona Ryder is also in it as the mm-hmm. the female lead um carrie elwis is in it um it's just really not cast well for, for the major roles anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Anthony Hopkins is in it and Gary Oldman are in it. So it's like, oh, this is going to be a good Mo Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I'm a oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. And I, I, I think those are the two biggest obstacles for me uh, are, are their performances because they're such sure. central characters. Sure. That it just, it threw off the whole movie for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's just mainly how I feel about it. Um, do you mind if I do a counter to your remake ish thing? Um, this isn't necessarily a remake remake thing, and I I remember hearing someone talking about it on a podcast. I don't remember who it was. It may have been um maybe John Favreau on on Nerdist, or it might have been like someone like someone like Vin Diesel or some someone that you wouldn't expect this from. But they really wanted to make a movie about Vlad the Impaler. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you guys familiar with Vlad the Impaler? Yes. Yeah, he's the basis yeah. for Dracula, pretty much. I think you're thinking of Charlie Hunnam on The Nerdist. Oh, Charlie Hunnam. That's yeah. that's who uh, I was thinking yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was Hunnam. 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 I think we've had this conversation before. <laughs> yeah. um, Jack's Teller. Yeah, it Jack's was. Teller. He was talking about Vlad the Impaler. Man, yeah. that was awesome. It was oh, really that was cool. so cool. Yeah. Um, But I, I have Vlad the Impaler's um, Wikipedia page uh up if you guys have if our listeners don't know about him uh just just quick quotes he roasted children whom he fed to their mothers and he cut off the breasts of women and forced their husbands to eat them after that he had them all impaled yeah um yeah so you know classic tale (laughs) (laughs) so that'd be kind of cool well and see that's i would love to see a vlad the impaler movie Mm -hmm. but Vlad the Impaler and Count Vlad Dracula are two very different things. But if they meld the two, like have like Vlad the Impaler eventually like like have him turn into Dracula at the end and that would just be it. It'd be like I think okay. that's something okay. that's uh, you you make an interesting concept for sure. Yeah. Um but that's something else altogether. I mean right. there's no like Dracula is not Vlad the Impaler evolved. 
he's his own thing that just is influenced by Vlad. Right, but right. if if uh, like Bela Lugosi and and Gary Oldman, if their movies of Dracula are depictions from the book, and they, I mean, well, you know, obviously the Bela Lugosi one's probably pretty dated, um, but also, you know, if the Gary Oldman one wasn't that good, you know, maybe they could try something different. Mm-hmm. And meld that way. You know, I, I'd almost rather see. I like I like that idea. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Um, I may have stolen from someone on the podcast. I don't know. Okay, but I would rather <laughs> see like of because uh, Count Dracula's old. Mm-hmm. He's not young, and so I would like to see like it. I think it'd be kind of cool if you had the Bram Stoker movie come out based on the book, hugely loyal to the book, but. After that comes out, hopefully it's really successful. Um, then you could make a prequel mm-hmm. where you could cast someone younger and have them play. You could make a Vlad the Impaler uh, prequel, and in the end, he turns into Dracula. Okay, like have an established Dracula movie first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the Bram Stoker's book is was written in the 19th century sometime, sometime in the Victorian era. Mm. And Vlad the Impaler's time was more like 17th century, I think, like 1600s. Is that right? I almost Maybe even earlier than that. 15. I don't know. Who's that? Vlad the Impaler. Vlad? Yeah, he was 16th or 17th century, I think. I don't know which it is, but again, you know, he could turn into Dracula, and Dracula is uh, immortal. Right, so he could be, it could be, you know, huge time disparity there. Fifteenth century. Fifteenth century. Okay, so fourteen hundreds. Wow, cool. So yeah, I think that would be that'd be a fun that'd be a fun thing to see. I think. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Hollywood, get to it. Yes, please. Charlie Hunnam, get to it. And if you want to be on the podcast, you know, um, <laughs> we'll talk about undeclared. Honestly, I don't think I'd cast. Charlie Hunnam as, as Vlad right. Impaler. I like him a lot as well. I want him to fund. He he's, he has producer written all over him. Yeah. Um, for that for that project, <laughs> I like him a lot. I do. I really do. Okay. But, producer. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I don't think yeah. I would want him to play the play the role. Right. 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 I'd rather see like um, uh, oh, what's Kevin Durant would be an awesome Vlad oh, the Impaler. Nice. There was talk of side note real I, quick. I, I heard Kevin Durant. 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 <laughs> Oh, Duran. <laughs> yeah. Although Kevin Duran certainly has the has the um, range to pull that off. <laughs> um, anyway. Kevin Duran played the blob in the Wolverine Origins movie. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. He was also yeah. in Lost and... Um, he, Fruitvale Station. He, Fruitvale Station. He was the cop. And he... Um, Recently, he said in an interview, he was he just kind of spilled the beans. He was like, "Yeah, they wanted me on. They talked to me. Uh, the Walking Dead people talked to me about playing some character named Negan. So I don't know. And like, oh no, yeah. And like, he, he was like, he said it so nonchalantly because he doesn't know the comics. And Tiny Negan is a pretty big, really villain character. Um, he's basically like, he's a big villain. Okay. Um. And so it was just like, he just said it so nonchalantly and like the internet kind of exploded, <laughs> which I think he would be so fantastic. Obviously, they're going to screw up that character on the show. Yeah, how, yeah. how could they possibly? Yeah. The, yeah and but I don't want to talk about Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. Yes. Ooh, wait till the wait walk- till <laughs> The Walking Dead is is Halloween to us right now. Um, yeah. Off the table. Mike, what's your first remake of this movie? Yeah, my first one is uh I really like yours tiny cuz that you could open that up to all kinds of possibilities. Mine is kind of the opposite and very very specific. Uh I think it would be interesting 
um, kind of in the vein of the Platinum Dunes remakes of all the the popular slashers that you know from the 80s and 90s. Um, I think it'd be really cool if they made Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> Did you watch Sleepaway Camp? You Matt? know, I told you in the pod chat today, yeah, I'm going to try to watch it as soon as I get home. And uh, six minutes, 56 seconds in, I did not expect it to be that just that. Terrible? Yeah, I thought it it's was awful. I yeah. thought it would be a decent, like, kind of like 80s slasher movie. I did not expect it to be that campy. But six minutes in, you turned it off? That's, you didn't even, you didn't even see anybody die. I, I saw a guy, uh, a, a, a boat. In the lake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was just so cheesy. <laughs> and under a different... Un, I was under a time constraint. I could fit in one movie to watch before we recorded, and I figured I would watch one of the movies that I'm going to talk about. Um, and I really wanted to watch Sleepaway Camp, but it just wasn't what I expected it to be, so... Yeah, it wasn't what I expected it to be either. It, it was. It's kind of been on my list uh, for a long time, and... I, I finally got around to seeing it, and and it is a clear ripoff of Friday the 13th. And Tiny, oh, yeah. you texted this in the pod chat a little while ago, and I think you mentioned it on the podcast, just how awful Friday the 13th is. Mm-hmm. It's a really terrible movie. Hate it. Uh, which is a ripoff of Halloween, which is a good movie. But anyway, so Sleepaway Camp is a clear ripoff of Friday the 13th. And w- I'm going to spoil it because who cares? It's 30 years old. Yeah, sure. Um, it would not have survived if not for the twist at the end. Unless you want me to not spoil it, Matt. Uh, I kind of prefer you didn't. I might uh, watch geez. it. I might watch it. Um, okay. Sorry. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Um, but I think I think the twist at the end would really... Um, <laughs> I don't want to say turn on because that's not the sentiment i'm going for i'm listening (laughs) it would definitely interest a lot of modern viewers uh and you know matt before you kind of explained what you expect from a remake and you explained how um it's kind of it's kind of a second attempt at a movie that wasn't done right the first time right you know we we kind of talked about like why would halloween need to be remade if it was done so perfectly exactly beginning and and got the audience it deserves but uh sleepaway camp was not it was done incredibly poorly mm-hmm. um clearly yeah. and then and also did not receive a whole lot of attention except for the twist ending mm-hmm. um and i think people could play with it i i think if it was remade today um in that kind of teen slasher uh remake vein platinum dunes you know um like the uh the um, Platinum Dudes Texas Chainsaw remake, mm-hmm. which is very good, I think, uh, and the Friday the Thirteenth remake, which I also think is is decent. I think that could be pretty interesting if you get some hmm. if you get some good looking pretty people uh, <laughs> in that movie, and and you do some new kills. I we all know that slashers are my favorite. I said that a year ago, right. um, and I'm always kind of looking for a new in for slasher movies and in a new way to kind of bring that back. And it's pretty evident that that slashers um are dead are dead i was just gonna ask you about that oh yeah i mean yeah. They, there's i they're dead they're gone it's it's been taken over by the the james james wan mm-hmm. um you know it's like it's a post saw i think i mentioned this an episode or two ago it's a post saw return to um 
psychological scares and, yeah. and kind of an homage to what came before. And right. I, I've, I say all the time horror is cyclical and I think it's, I think we're ready for a good, a good slasher or two. Absolutely. And Sleepaway Camp, I think would be an interesting take. I, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to say anything as far as what kind of actors or actresses would, would be good in it because, um, well, it's always just, just because it's but, always populated by young actors, and a lot of it's unknown. So I mean, it, well, yeah, you know. of course. Yeah. They try to get like one star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Um, um, the cheapest. Tiny, have you seen the movie? I have not. No, I have not. Have you seen the sequels, Mike? No, I haven't seen any of the sequels. Hmm. But uh, the main character, the girl, returns ah. for the sequels. I'll tell you, <laughs> man, you're. You're really kind of uh, neutering my my segment here. <laughs> Sorry, man. That's okay. That's fine. Uh, because the ending is is pretty shocking and and pretty awesome. It's pretty effective image. Nice. Uh, it's just the very last, the last shot. Um, it kind of stuck with me. I I, huh. I exclaimed WTF loudly when I saw it for the first time. <laughs> I'll have to watch uh, it. Sure. Yeah, I, I think you should. Although it's tough to sit through, it, it doesn't right. get any better than those first six minutes that you were <laughs> complaining about. So right. I don't blame you for turning it off in that respect. But uh, well, I'm like I'm of the I'm of the of the viewership of people that likes watching trashy, just crappy stuff. And it's just I think I was just so surprised that it wasn't a straightforward slasher movie. It was like it was pretty horrendous. Um, yeah, is it? it is a it is pretty straightforward. It's just a it's just a horrible attempt. It just <laughs> fails on so many levels. Really, is it worse than Friday the Thirteenth? Yes, it is. Those Ooh. six minutes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's it's like it cuts to a girl. I think it's a girl uh, screaming, screaming. It's like clear, like first take, mm. first take scenes in those first six minutes. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But conceptually, it sounds like it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, conceptually, it sounds like Friday the 13th, but it also, <laughs> it sounds like it's a good movie. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's your first one, Maddie? Whew. Well. Are you done, Mike? I'm sorry. Yeah. Are you done? Uh, yeah. I can't really say a whole lot more. Like I said, sorry. Uh, I think that's okay. I Slasher movies are all about the kills, and I mm. think... As long as they can get away from that digital blood that I just hate so much, right. uh, I think they could do some cool kills and and stick that uh, that really really weird ending. I, I think I think people <laughs> might think that's kind of a fun movie. You've definitely piqued my interest, and I think we will definitely talk about this. We'll talk about it more in depth uh, mm-hmm. at the end of Shocktober when I when we watch it and when I watch it and we do a, a wrap up episode. Sure, I'll try um, to watch it too. Sweet, you've piqued my cool. interest sweet. as well. Nice. Cool. Nice. It's bad. I mean, you're. It's <laughs> right. Right. You're. You're gonna have to marathon through it. It's tough. Okay. I can but do that. It's for the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm gonna grab another beer real quick. Through the magic of podcast editing, we are back, which is defeats the whole purpose of editing it. Anyway. You know what I thought about the other day? I was listening to. Uh, I think Dan Harmon on The Nerdist, and he said something about how they didn't release an episode from before and kind of went about talking about that story and then said, I can cut this out if you want. And then I thought about all the things that we don't hear because they cut it out and we'll never know. Huh. Yeah. 
Yeah, I bet that would be an interesting industry or like an interesting genre. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff that's cut out of. Oh, yeah. Know. Wow. Um. Yeah, and and like this podcast is edited. I edit it quite a bit. Yeah. I edit out some stuff just for like, you know, streamlining it and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so my first movie is I'm going to decide which one I'm going to pick first. I'm going to go with Final Destination. Oh, um, nice. Okay. Yeah, it's I mean, OK, I, I, I like the movie as a concept quite a bit, actually, because it, it's just a fun it's like a slasher movie that's supernatural. It mm-hmm. kind of bridges those two things. The The fault that comes into it is the sequels, first of all, <laughs> and kind of the, uh, um, the, um, oh my God, what is the, what is the word I'm looking for? The contraptions, like Rube Goldberg. Rube Goldberg. Yeah. Nice. The Rube Goldberg kind of death scenes where it's just like, like, okay, if it's, if it's a spiritual force that's trying to kill people, don't make it have to put a put a put like something down one line thing, roll it down a hill, yeah. put it in the one thing. It's like it's so it's like it's like if an entity is playing mousetrap. Yeah. It's it's goofy. <laughs> My favorite one is the dude in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> or the like the clothesline wraps around his neck and he hangs to the You know, and that's not that's not the worst one though. Really? It's really not. I it's... just love the part where he like stands there and lets it wrap around his neck. <laughs> well yeah. It's, yeah. it's egregious. It well then again, it's a it's a it's a supernatural force that's wrapping it around. It's not like it's it's it looks goofy because it's executed poorly. Just, I'm, I'm commenting on the fact that he just stands there and just Right, but happen. I mean it's it's like two seconds of yeah. something and it's it's like it's not like it's it's not like it's just it's not depicted it's really properly. bad it's not depicted properly properly because it makes you it makes it look like it's just spinning around when it should it should show that it's being like pulled and forced to do that why are you trying to defend it bro i'm i'm just saying that it's <laughs> that your complaint with it is exactly what's wrong with the movie is that it's <laughs> it's it's shown just so goofy it's yeah, so okay. goofy in it's it's depiction i gotcha um when that's it's a like I said it's a spiritual force that's killing these these teenagers, mm-hmm. um, and I mean there's some things in the movie that work the um, that works the um, the the train dodge scene mm-hmm. was pretty intense. Yeah, I mean the setup to it is pretty goofy. Um, uh, uh, the whole opening scene on the plane. Oh and yeah, that, that's awesome. Oh yeah, the whole the whole the premonition is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing that, for the most part, most of them get pretty right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but the train scene is just really cool. No matter what, um, that that dude from Dawson's Creek, um, the gay quarterback. Yeah, Jack McPhee. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> I don't want to wait. I don't know if he was the quarterback or not. He might have been a wide receiver. Anyway. <laughs> There's there's a really tasteless gay joke in there in there somewhere. Yeah, there is. Um, let's, yeah. let's get past it. Anyway, um, this isn't that podcast, guys. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it. There's stuff that works and stuff that doesn't work. I mean, that and then and then just the whole the the goofy detectives that are like so dead set on like oh Alex Browning is totally is totally killing these people and the the way that their voices. They're like intentionally trying to be just really intense, and it comes across just all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 
there's stuff to work on, but I think in 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 the uh, conceptually, it's a good movie. It's oh, it's yeah. a good concept because, like I said, it's it's a slasher movie that bridges the gap between like spiritual and and supernatural or supernatural and and physical slasher stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is something that I I really appreciate because like you like last year when we did our what scares us thing my my pick was supernatural stuff mike's was slasher stuff of a physical person i think that it's a good way to bridge two audiences of what what scares them what yeah. the problem is is that it came out um in the in the new slasher new teen slasher era mm-hmm. of movies so mostly try to emulate scream so i don't know i think if if i if I were to remake it, I would uh first of all, what do you guys think of Final Destination? Uh I, I have a few things to say about it. I, I think it would be very difficult to remake it well. Which is not saying much. Uh we're not talking about the merits of remakes. We're just talking about right. uh how cool it would be to see some of these movies remade. Cause generally speaking, you're hard pressed to find a remake that is as good as or better than the original. Mm-hmm. Um I mean what, like Dawn of the Dead? And then what? Yeah. The thing. Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess I kind of <laughs> gave it that. Halloween. Uh, stop it. <laughs> Listen to our Halloween um, franchise episode. So Final Destination is difficult to remake for a couple reasons. One, like you said, it was it's post Scream, and it's a mm-hmm. reaction to um, it's a reaction to the the slasher boom and the reentry of 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 horror. Um the thing that's also strange about Final Destination is that it was kind of a vehicle for Devin Sawa. Um right. whereas a lot of these slasher types of movies uh and particularly the first ones um are like introductions of these actors. Like yeah. Nev Campbell was not very famous before Scream. Drew Barrymore was and then she died. Right. Uh, it wasn't until the sequels that they started bringing stars in to the movies. Um this is the only time I can think of where where the the movie was was played for Devin Sawa's star that was that was on the rise. So um, it, it'd be difficult to to emulate that kind of thing because I feel like a lot of the movie was based around his particular um, draw, like why people right. liked him. The other thing is. Uh, it's been remade six times every couple of years. <laughs> true, true. Are there six of them? I I want to say there's only four or five. Uh, there's five or five or there, six. The five. There are five of them. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And yeah. man, they, because the final destination, which was supposed to be the final destination, <laughs> right. made too much money, so they made Final Destination Five. I'm just really mad that they didn't go with my title for Final Destination Five. Five null destination. Five null destination. Five null. De- that's pretty oh, yeah. good. Yeah, but uh, but none of them use the clever title because, of course, final destination is named because they were going on a plane. Right. Two final, anyway, two destination. Um. So I just feel like again, again, we're not talking about the merits. Mm. We're not talking about the qualifications. I guess we're kind of talking about the qualifications. I'm just but- saying conceptually. Conceptually, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I'll I'll give you that escaping death and then being killed by death is a really interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I don't think that was the point of Final Destination. The point of Final mm-hmm. Destination is gruesome deaths, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think if they could take the take the idea of escaping death and everything and applying it to a more 
a movie that's that's more about them i don't know understanding what's happening yeah i mean can we coin this by the way coin that hopefulness five chris nolan effect oh yeah the chris nolan effect can we call that the dark knight effect let's call it the obsessive viewer effect (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure what you're talking about well, I just mean um, we've done this before, and I think kids have done this for a long time, just kind of hoping the best for movies, but hoping that movies could take a ridiculous concept like a guy who wears a bat costume and making a really good drama out yeah, of it. And I think I that's see. what you're kind of hoping for. That for is, yeah, right? absolutely. That's the Dark Knight effect. Right. Okay. And we think about that all the time. Oh, what yeah. if they made this – but good. Right. Like, you know, like the Dark Knight did. Yeah. I wrote a whole thing for uh, um, houseofgeekery.com uh, about what it, what it would be like if Chris Nolan <laughs> if Chris Nolan rebooted Power Rangers. Yeah. And yeah. I want to see that. And you you yeah. wrote it really well, actually. Oh, thank you. Thank Not you. that you don't normally write things well, but I mean, that yeah, is that a, was... that's a topic you wouldn't expect to be written well. For sure. But... For sure. Um. And and to my point, I, I was kind of talking to a friend at work just about mm-hmm. uh, how I was going through the, the Blu-ray, the Halloween Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said to him that I came up on Rob Zombie's Halloween and how they were done and how there's plans to make a third one. And he said, would you want Rob Zombie to do it? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, what kind of – what do you want the next Halloween movie to be? Uh, he said, would you like it to be – and I said, I don't know. Like a really good trilogy I think would be pretty mm-hmm. cool. And he's like, that's kind of weird because don't you like – for a slasher movie, episodic types of things. I mean, and I said, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but then Chris Nolan came along and showed us that's not actually what we want from a story. We want a well-crafted right. trilogy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so I guess, uh, I guess I'm just saying, I feel like you're hoping for a for a Chris Nolan effect with your final Absolutely. Destination remake. Yeah. And to your point about Devin's, Devin, uh, Devin Sawa, first of all, as a kid, when I loved Little Giants growing up, and I always pronounced it Devon for the Devon. longest time. Yeah. I remember so, that. Uh, oh, yeah. Because oh, I, yeah. I remember when we watched Twister once. And this was <laughs> no, like, it was Night of the Twisters. Night of the Twisters. That's, yeah. that Canadian night, yeah, that's made right. for TV. Yeah. yeah. I remember when we watched that. It was like six years ago, probably. Yeah. You said Devon saw. I was like, why are you saying his name so weird? <laughs> So you were like a, you were like a man. Oh yeah, you were like twenty three. Oh, yeah. Devon Sawa. Devon's. I was like kind of like Charlie Hanam. Right. <laughs> but to your point, but Mike, Hanam's a weird surname. I'm sure, about- sure. But anyway, to your point, Mike, about De- uh, Devon Sawa. Um, <laughs> De- I can't even of, <laughs> of Little Giant <laughs> being his vehicle for that. Um, but Final Destination being a vehicle for him. Um, yeah. Little Giants was a Rick Moranis. Right, right. But they they basically what they did for they didn't pull like nothing actors for for slasher movies in the in the late nineties. They pulled like TV actors. Like Nev Campbell had Party mm-hmm. of Five. Um uh Jennifer Love Hewitt had um Party of Five. Party of Five. Party of five. <laughs> yeah. They basically made they yeah, basically I guess you're, I yeah. guess you're right. Which Jennifer Love Hewitt had, I, I know what you did last summer. But anyway, that that's that's uh, that was that was my my counter to that. But anyway, yeah, uh, we should move on because Final Destination is you know because because we might it's die. Not that important. <laughs> I'm right. not sure I want to see it remade. Really? Because I genuinely I like the movie. I really do. Yeah. I watched it recently. I actually hate it. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. I think it's just it's just oh oh the worst the worst this this uh. 
this demands a remake here, right here because the writing is so awful. <laughs> um, the opening scene, <laughs> he's he's looking through his luggage and he's getting stuff packed for his first trip, and then the dad walks in, and then it's like the most exposition line of dialogue I've ever heard in my life. He's like, <laughs> "So, seventeen, uh, uh, seen like you're about to graduate high school." Uh, going, going to Paris for a senior trip with your friends in the springtime. <laughs> it's like just a progression of all that. It's, like, like, it's like bullet points. Yes, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, really? <laughs> that's like the first line of the movie. Oh, that's funny. It's so horrible. <laughs> uh, um, Interesting. So yeah, if they could just if they could remake it and just omit that, then I'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tiny, what's your next problem? One? Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, uh, Ten my... days in the springtime. <laughs> my next one is uh, Stephen King's It, which was which actually it, which was actually it's a it. television series, uh, miniseries, uh, which I believe aired on network. I think it. Was I think like, it was like NBC. Yeah, NBC or maybe ABC. ABC something like that. Or maybe CBS. Or Fox. <sighs> Go ahead. I'm so sorry, um, dude. <laughs> so I don't remember how many episodes it was. Like when you get it now, if you get it on DVD, they kind of just melded it, all the episodes together, and it's like a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not good. <laughs> it's really not good. Um, the biggest star in it is John Ritter. That's right. <laughs> um, which. Are you discounting John Ritter's star? No, no, no. I'm saying. Hey, what's up, bro? No, no. I'm not discounting it. I like John Ritter. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I'm not. But I'm just saying, like, that's that's the biggest star in it is John. Like, there's no one else of note in the movie, really. Well, other than Tim, Tim Curry. Curry. Tim Curry, yeah. of course. Right. Um. But yeah, I guess I should have said that. But um, he's the villain, you know. Uh, and Jonathan Brandis, remember him? Oh yeah. No. Uh, he he's the in, he's the guy that died. He was in Ladybugs, Ladybugs, Sequest, Neverending Story. Wow! I really only know him from Ladybugs, the Rodney Dangerfield movie. Yeah, I'm just talking about. Yeah, uh, I don't remember him. Oh. Anyway, he you're right. He's not, never. Uh, he's not that important. Right. Okay. Please, <laughs> please continue. Rest in peace, though. I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah, he's not that important. Dead guy. It's it's Mustafa Khan all over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, this is a dark Shocktober. It here. really That's is. That's me. That's me. Uh, so tiny. Yes. It. I haven't it. read the book. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I haven't read the book. I haven't seen the seen the miniseries in a long time since mm-hmm. fifth grade. Yeah. So go nuts. Um. Yeah. I have not read the book either, which is kind of shameful. Um. The reason I have not tackled it is because I remember my brother's description of it, like right when I was getting into Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Uh. He was like, "It's so long." Because it's like a it's like a thousand page book, and he was saying like there's all these intertwining stories and there's a huge time jump and I was like twelve I was like I'll save that for later, so I think it just kind of it kind of tainted my desire to read the book, um, but I know a lot about it because uh, one thing that Stephen King likes to do is intertwine his different universes and uh, yeah. and cause, you know probably eighty percent of his books take place in Maine. Um, so, you know, the, their characters are destined to cross paths. Um, and it's a great feature. I, I like that he does that. Um, and so through that process, I've kind of gotten to know some of the characters in the book. Um, because the other characters in his other books have bumped into them. 
And just by the way, Matt, yes. really quick trivia. I apologize. Oh, okay. Who directed it? Do you remember? No, but I, I'm. I've got. Uh, I've got Tommy a... Lee Wallace. Did he really? Halloween three. Yeah. No way. Oh. Yeah. Huh. yeah. No wonder it sucks. That's yeah. amazing. I'm gonna have to revisit it. By um... the way, it was a. It was a two part television movie in 1990 and it aired on abc abc nice. okay uh when i'm i have a doozy for for talking about the remake in the chamber so proceed tiny okay um threw me off so bad i know i apologize damn it mike um worse. yeah I, was, I i i feel like i know these characters to an extent mm-hmm. and and i feel like i know what the heart of this story is um We've said it a dozen thousand times on this podcast. Stephen King stories are about their are about characters. Yes, the, the the plot takes a back seat and all that stuff takes a back seat. It's about the characters, and so these characters focus on their friendship and their essentially their love for each other um, as best friends throughout their childhood and getting through this one of the most disturbing crises I can imagine. Um, they get through it together and then they come back together as adults having think, having thought they were past this horrible thing, but then it just comes back and it's trying to haunt them again and, and kill them again. Um, and it's just about processing all that. That's, that's really what this story feels like it's about. And that just sounds amazing to me. Um, and having seen the movie, I've, feel like that was dropped uh, from this story for the most part. Um, there's some of that. Um, the actors are trying their darndest. Um, but I think a lot of them just aren't that great of actors. Uh, and I don't think they, I don't think the script was up to snuff of a, of a Stephen King level story. Um, the dialogue especially, which is hard to do because he's so great. Um, so I think, I think if, again, the, Stephen King stories work in adaptation form when you make them for TV or for movies. They work when you stick to the story and you focus on the characters. That's what makes them work. Um, there are rare exceptions, um, but that's what makes his stories work. And I feel like this, this series didn't quite have that. Um, I will give it credit for uh, Pennywise, the clown. Yeah. He's horrifying. Um, terrifying yeah what yeah. is his catchphrase or is uh um we all float down here yeah 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 because oh, he lives man. in the sewer system of Derry, maine um but yeah he, tim curry was he's iconic in that role absolutely so i i give it i give him and the story or the this version of the story mm-hmm. um credit for that but that's that's just about the only credit you can really give it in my opinion. So I would love to see them stick to the story and make a really good, good quality movie. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I said I had, I had a doozy about the remake, but I looked <laughs> at the news and it's been in production since like 2009. Oh, geez. Uh, so, but the person that's attached to direct it yeah. and to co-write it yeah. is, uh, <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carrie Fukunaga. Oh, from yeah. True Detective. From True Detective. Oh, uh, yeah. Daddy Which, likes that. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I wonder, does he want to do a movie? Is it supposed to be a movie or TV? Two movies. Two movies. Yeah. Wow. I need to read the book. 
And so do I. Oh my book. God, so do I. Can we do a Stephen King episode? Man, guys? you are you are <laughs> you have something unprecedented for Stephen King, Matt. Oh me? I mean, oh, I mean yeah. you get sexual in your in your reaction. <laughs> I really it's 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 oh, so God, weird. Yes. <laughs> Like I don't hear you get a, get that type of excited for anything else. This is my level. Oh yeah, that that Chris Nolan movie is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, winning a million dollars that'd be pretty sweet. Oh God, Stephen King, yes. I'm not going to deny it at all. This is to this is my level to which I love Stephen King, and why everyone knows that I love Stephen King is that we've done this is our seventy six. Eleventh episode um, of the podcast, and I had I had one of our listeners um, DM me on Twitter to ask me for Stephen King book recommendations, <laughs> and I thought that that and was, what was awesome. your answer. All of them. Oh, oh, pretty. Oh, oh, I blew up her her inbox. <laughs> if she regrets sending, message. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and speaking of it and Stephen King, mm-hmm. uh, the movie. Um, Oh crap! What is that movie? The Josh Boone movie. Josh Boone is that his name? Who did? Uh, he adapted the Fault in Our Stars. Um, the one he did before with uh, um, um, Greg Kinnear and Nat Wolf. Oh, um, Kristen Bell. Gosh, what is that movie? The Family called? of Writers. Um, yeah, something with love in the title. <laughs> um. No idea. Oh man, what was that called? I know it's That's a good movie. Oh, it's a great movie. Um, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um, man, that was a good. Something. Movie. And Stephen King is in it. Yeah, <laughs> he, he his, his voice makes a cameo. cameo. And the funny thing is, is that Josh Boone is a huge, huge Stephen King fan. Right. Um, as huge as you. Oh yeah, like in in the um. In in the uh, in in, in stuck, love? stuck in love stuck in love stuck in love, um, he wrote he wrote like Nat Wolf's character as being obsessed with Stephen King, yeah, um, and having just a profound infatuation with infatuation infatuation. I'm all over the place. Um, <laughs> sorry, Uncle Stevie. All the um, blood is rushed out of your head to other places. It, 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 God damn it, Tiny. Anyway, hey, I do Mike not have sexual feelings for Stephen King. Okay? Mike started it. We don't believe you. Anyway. So anyway, Stuck in Love, He Josh Boone wrote and directed it, I believe. Yeah. And he basically, Nat Wolf's character is like obsessed with Stephen King. And he... Uh, he goes on this on this spiel to the girl that he's that he wants to you know date and everything about it and how it is like a like a profound piece of literature. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said he talks about how it how it's a it's like the quintessential coming of age story and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's like just the passion to which he says it. And I have a point with all of this. The passion to which he says it is just so. So like that's a Stephen King fan talking yeah. like that's pure and simple. And what's great about it is that Josh Boone, after the success of The Fall in Our Stars, he is remaking uh The Stand. Yeah, yes. Which is like arguably Stephen King's greatest work, mm-hmm. pretty much. Uh, at least literary literarily speaking. I would say very <laughs> arguably. Yeah, well, it's the fan base Mostly agrees that it is his best work. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, that's fair. Yeah, and he's and he's you know, 
like that's the kind of person who needs to make this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um so anyway, so yeah, it would be great to remake. Mm-hmm. Um I need to see it again and read it. Yep. Yeah. So <clears throat> up next is I, It's me. Um yeah, yeah I, I think it needs a remake too. Um and what was I gonna say about it? I just remember watching it when I was a kid. Not in nineteen ninety, but maybe shortly after. Mm-hmm. Um and it keeping me up all night, and and I it was very scary, and I did not like it at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm and I'm not even particularly scared of clowns. Yeah, I get why people are, but it's it doesn't really scare me. Yeah. So my movie, um, I kind of tossed around a few, and I wasn't exactly sure what did I what I wanted to do here. This, uh, I thought this would be a lot easier than it actually is <laughs> to come up with a movie, mm-hmm. uh, a good one that should be remade because all of my favorites have been remade um and then so i thought well what about scream the interesting thing about scream is that scream 4 works both as a remake and a sequel um and so i do i have to go into depth about that about what i mean um what did you call it a sequel a remake will a remake will (laughs) yeah that's good yeah um, Copyright Mike White. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Care of obsessive viewer. Um, <laughs> um, Just so if I get a quarter off of it, you get a nickel. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I said no. I said no to Scream because that's because that's already been done. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about a movie like uh, the Blair Witch Project, but that also wouldn't work because if you took the Blair Witch Project and uh, gave it because it's a very dated movie, and if you gave it um, kind of a modern polish, it would essentially be a paranormal activity movie. So uh, yeah. I said no to that one. Um, and then I thought, then the last one I thought was, well, what if they did Rosemary's Baby? And then I remember they just mm-hmm. did. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. And Jeez. that leads me to the only thing left, I think, would be uh, – and it doesn't need to be remade remade because it was so successful as the exorcist. Um, Mm -hmm. I I just see that one likely being redone. It was so damn effective when it came out and so influential to horror. Um, I just, I just think that it could effectively, um, terrorize a new generation of people. The, the same thing, um, in the past. I, I, I don't know, you would have to trim it just because audiences can't sit through a horror movie for that long. But um, the same fears that are present in that movie are are present now, maybe even more so. Um, and I think you could make an interesting remake of The Exorcist. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I I'll agree that yeah, um, it was highly effective and everything, mm-hmm. but. It has been emulated so, so, so much to the point that exorcism movies are completely just oversat. The the market they're is, B movies now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and they come out mm-hmm. all the time. So it'll right. be it'll be hard to remake a movie that was so influential to a huge influx of movies that we've experienced for for decades even more i would i would argue that exorcism movies are even more cyclical than slasher movies oh yeah Um, well i i mean it's all cyclical i'm not saying slasher movies are cyclical i'm saying horror is cyclical and it was exorcism had its turn again for a little while 
It did, yeah. Right, that, that's true. But I would say that it had its turn longer than Slashers did from my, from my, um, my perspective on it. Uh-huh. Because it seems like so many come out. So, so many. Um, so it'll be, I'm just saying that it would be hard to remake it and have it be as effective as the original without seeming like it is a, a downgrade from the, from the, from the subgenre, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some good entries in the subgenre, though. Which sure. Is, um, Exorcism of, of Emily Rose. Still haven't seen it. Yeah. It's good. The last Exorcism is great. Yeah, it is. I yeah. think. Still haven't seen it. <laughs> I, I got to just. I, I, I just. Dis- the, I kind of had to, if I'm going to be honest with you, I kind of settled for The Exorcist because I thought of all of my favorites and I was even like, well, what about the town that dreaded sundown? Turns out they're remaking it. <laughs> right. It's just, there's so many, there's yeah. so many that have already been remade. The thing, well, it got remade again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ineffectively. Yeah. I, I got to disagree with you a little bit on this, Mike, because I, I, I haven't seen The Exorcist in quite a while. Um, playing at midnight at Keystone Art in like a week or so. Nice. Thanks for trying to force me on that again. Oh, no, no, it's fine. Force You're that going. on me again. Um, uh, but I really liked it the first time I saw it. And the second time I saw it, I liked it a lot. I think it's, I think it holds up really well, actually. Um, yeah, I, I do too. I, I kind of, I know you kind of have to clarify. I'm really settling for this one. Right. I, I'm right. kind of running out of what else to say. I, I don't think it needs to be remade. I, I guess what I'm saying is I can see it being remade. It could be remade it, really well. If I can, if I can defend myself in any way, it's that I could see it being remade. Right. That's fair. Yeah. And and to your to your credit, I'm surprised it hasn't been remade. I really yeah. am. True. Yeah, um, I, me too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it's just a matter of time. Yeah. So yeah, is it me now, or is it you, Tiny? Uh, I think I was the last is one. Me? I think that's it. Yep. You're gonna have the last one. Oh, I'm the last one total. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll make this quick. Urban legend. Hmm. Uh. 1998, I watched it today. Um, <laughs> man, this movie needs to be remade or die quietly. Um, I think it has. Uh, oh, it has. It's, it's highly forgettable. It's, it's, it's so weird to me to think that – think about how shocking it is that a movie that leaves so little an impression – actually had direct to dvd sequels like that's the level to which the original urban legend just doesn't really register with me and it's a shame because as a concept it's it's pretty and i almost said inventive and i had to stop myself it's it's unique as a concept um (laughs) somewhat it's it basically the premise is it's scream at a university where the killer is obsessed with urban urban legends and contemporary folklore instead of scary movies. That's essentially it. It patterns the kills after urban legends, like the whole like oh the calls coming from inside the house, mm-hmm. or uh, um, uh, uh, the the person in the backseat of a car, person in the backseat of the car, guy the boyfriend hanging hanging above the car and scratching yeah. the scratching the hood, um, just stuff like that, and it's. I like the concept because those kind of stories there you have, there's so many stories and so many, those, those are campfire tales. Those are, right. those are stories desi- designed to scare you. 
And what Urban Legend did was it just packaged it in a Scream ripoff. It was two years after Scream came out, uh, one year after Scream 2 came out, or maybe the same year as Scream 2. Um, again, it had a bunch of like TV actors, mm-hmm. uh, Joshua Jackson with blonde hair that's really horrible. <laughs> um, come on, Pacey. Um, and it's just... I don't want to wait. <laughs> they play that song in the movie Do they really yes he's oh. starting the car because he's they're going to to the makeout spot where he you know horror is going to befall them mm-hmm. um and he's struggling to start the car and then the uh the radio turns on as he comes on and it's the the ra- it's the song yeah and he's like oh come on or whatever and <laughs> the main girl's That's funny yeah she kind of smirks a little bit it's like this is 1998 <laughs> um <laughs> It's and it's just it's it's really goofy. The the killer I I won't spoil it because I didn't let Mike spoil his. But the killer when it's revealed suddenly just goes completely over the top. Mm-hmm. And the motive for the for the killing and the, for the death spree is so stupid. And it's so teenage stuff. So stupid like faulty logic in terms of the the killer's um main thing it's it's i I can't speak badly enough about it and i was so (laughs) excited about it because you know those kinds of stories everyone knows them everyone knows them everyone swears by them and all that and it's a fun premise they've existed for or they've lasted for a reason yeah you know throughout the decades or whatever those stories have lasted because if you tell them properly they're they're perfectly effective right oh yeah yeah right. and i didn't have time to research this but i think that there was there was a movie that i remember i don't remember what it was i think it was I, it may have just been called campfire tales hmm. but i think it was like kind of a movie version of a movie a not adult version but you know grown-up version of uh r-rated version of um um wow what is the nickelodeon show oh my are you afraid of the dark okay um where they just told those kinds of stories so i think if they didn't necessarily do that but if they remade urban legend and had a serial killer who patterned themselves after urban legends then it could work out okay jared leto is in the movie by the way he plays a he plays a journalist like a like a a a hot shot journalism major who's writing for the writing for the paper and he embodies pretty much everything that's the reason why i didn't really pursue a pursue a degree in journalism (laughs) he was like like after one kill like the movie opens with a kill of the 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 person in the back of the back of the car killing killing the person at like off like at a different place like a different area nowhere near campus it's not a campus thing it's a desolate road uh the the killer kills the person and then the next day, Jared Leto has this has this front page article on the news in the newspaper saying lunatic on campus <laughs> because one student was killed off campus. Wow. Um. Yeah. It's it's so stupid and it's so so messy. Um. Yeah. And it could have been uh, it could have been handled better. I think. Um. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. You you qualifying it as forgettable is perfect because I don't remember it. Right. I know I saw it. I remember nothing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really forgettable. It's there's even a scene where they do the uh, the calls from coming from inside the house, which they made a movie about that. Um, uh, God, the 
caller. Oh, I can't when remember. When a stranger calls. When a stranger calls. They yeah. made a movie about that. But anyway, and then remade that, it in 2005. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, it's it's they have a scene where it's basically, oh man. I th- I swear to God I I don't know if this is it I just watched it today and it's that forgettable but uh, Michael uh, Rosenbaum Lex Luthor from Smallville mm-hmm. he answers the phone at a party and he's drunk and the killer's like what's your favorite urban legend really I think that's what he said Oof. and it's just it's so it's so dumb it's so such a scream ripoff that is cheap Ugh. so yeah that needs to be remade or just continue being dead um <laughs> i think one of the one of the direct dvd sequels was about a uh a, a film student making a movie and i think making the movie um killing killing people as part of making the movie or something like that maybe there's something there for a remake um but as is it's it's i'm sad that i squandered a, a shocktober viewing on that <laughs> not even good for nostalgia well, we're running low on time, so you guys want to uh, scoot things over to potpourri? Yes, we put the uh, we put the kitty litter in outside of the studio, and now we're ready to freshen things up with potpourri. It's been oh, so long nice. since we made that transition. Yeah, it has. How do we do this? Let's fart. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Coy, and uh, I'm from Nerds Domain, and you're listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Yeah, so this is the this is the part of the uh the episode where we just basically talk about anything we want as long as it smells good. Uh and we basically anything that we're into, anything that we're watching, anything that we want to talk about uh news related. Um it's all fair game here. So, who wants to go first? Uh I'll go first. Cool. This is tough cuz I have all kinds of things that I'd like to talk about. Um so I'll I'll try to keep it Short, I guess. Last week we saw Gone Girl. Oh, nice. What did you think of it? Uh, Tiny I really, really loved it a lot. Nice. Tiny hasn't read or seen it, so no spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Um, Can so you believe it. that? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. It's so, it's so twisty and so spoiler heavy that you can't really say a whole lot about it. I don't know how people keep writing all these reviews about it because it's not. it's just not <sighs> – Nobody has written. Uh, you did a good job. Oh, thank Matt. you, thank Your you. It was good. But <laughs> Just saying. Nobody. It's so built around the twists that yeah, that it's really, really difficult to write an effective review, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and kind of and kind of encapsulate the whole the whole sentiment of the thing. So, uh, because it's so new and tiny, you haven't seen it. Um, I, I'll I'll just kind of leave it brief and say that I really, really loved it a lot. As always, I think the book is better. Yeah. Um, I could give a bunch of reasons why, but I won't. <laughs> um, and, and my only complaint, is, and I think, Matt, I think you said something about this in your review, is that the ending is not as different as the media said it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it's it's just about word for word the same. Uh, just shorter. I would disagree with that. No, I'm I'm not going to let you. It, it's the same. <laughs> the sentiment is exactly the same. It's just shorter. It's just the movie version of the exact ending of the book. It's no, it's not. It is 100% it's, the same thing. <laughs> Unless I missed something, which is possible because it was I was kind of tired, but um the last page of the, the, there's no 
the last like line of dialogue in the book uh-huh. is absent in the movie. The the basic idea sure. of it, yeah. The basic idea of it is represented, but it's a reversal. If oh, I don't think sense. it's a reversal at all. Really? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see what's so reversed about it. We'll have to have a longer discussion about this, man. <laughs> I think we will. I, I I think the movie is very much like the book. Huh. Well, they still omitted a couple of things from from. They the omitted lines. Yeah. Yeah. From from the end, like um, motivation for some character actions. That, that didn't... Mm, I would disagree with that, too. <laughs> We're going to have to have a long talk about this. Because I kind of feel strongly about this. Okay. I, I, I think it was very, very similar. Okay. And, and I noticed in your review that... Did you not like the ending to the book? Oh, I... I don't remember what you said. I, at first, I was like, is that it? And then it, it sat with me, and I was like, that's actually... That's that's pretty much the perfect way to end the story with... with it's the, the only characters. way you could, yeah. Absolutely. And they omitted it in the movie. <laughs> no, they didn't. It's the same. <laughs> I'll it's have to the be same. the tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah. Tiny, go read it yeah, and see you're it. You're gonna have to see it. Um, uh, the other thing I will say is, um, just I'm I'm really having a blast listening to the commentaries on the Halloween Blu-rays. Um, I'm kind of summing up quickly my Shocktober. I've really enjoyed the <laughs> Halloween Blu-rays. Uh, I watched. Just recently, the Halloween 2007 uh, director's cut and the theatrical cut at the same time simultaneously to just kind of get the differences. Cool. Um, and I really have. I, did I describe this already? No. 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 Okay. I, I have a lot of same conversations. I apologize. <laughs> um, but I save the best stuff for the podcast. Nice. So um, the dire- I really don't like the director's cut of Halloween, um, specifically because of the rape mm-hmm. scene. It kind of takes uh, a whole lot of the meaning for Michael's escape. Um, oh, it takes a lot of the gravity out of that escape, and it, and it really bugs me. It's, it's, uh, it's too, it's, it's kind of lends to my argument against Rob Zombie in that he has this, this particular vision that is not, uh, doesn't pay enough homage to the original, and, and he kind of, um, as much as he says he's a fan of the original, he kind of puts up a middle finger to it often. Uh, and I yeah. think the that the the rape scene, which is totally against character um, and against tone and against theme for the whole Michael Myers mythos, uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's it's very much against the the feel of of the franchise as a whole. Just because in in uh, the fifth movie they actually have they have a sex scene where they actually use a condom. <laughs> yeah. It's like they go through the trouble of showing that they're using a condom. Like he takes a condom out and stuff. And it's like, this is a, this is a slasher movie guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, I, I guess I'm being super vague and I need to explain. So in the theatrical cut, uh, in both movies, basically Loomis after 15 years of visiting, Michael Myers says he's going to stop visiting him. Uh, and then he goes away. And in the theatrical cut, uh, they are moving Michael from from one room to another, from one cell to another, uh, and he decides that today is the day he's going to escape. And so it's basically like the the last person who he had any connection to has left him. So it's time he's going to go on on another killing spree, and he's going to go find his sister, and he's going to find 
possibly the only person in the world who might be able to sympathize with him. Uh, and so he escapes and, and just, just by chance, uh, and by him saying, I'm going to destroy these people, he escapes. In the director's cut, uh, a couple of the hillbilly guards, uh, take one of the mental patients from one cell, bring her into Michael Myers' cell and rape her. Uh, and then Michael gets angry, vengeful, kills them, and then escapes. Um, first of all, that, that shows that he cares for somebody, which is ridiculous. Cause in the very next scene, it goes against that when he kills Ishmael. Um, and the other thing is that if the, in that version, which is the canon version, right? Because, um, Malcolm McDowell's Sam Loomis lives at the end of this and he's in the sequel. Anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it gives him a purpose to leave. If they hadn't come into his cell, he wouldn't have, he would have had no way to escape that night. Uh, and it's just ridiculous and I hate it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You've made a good case. Yeah. Thanks. I'm, I'm you guys? still making my way through it. Um, I have not yeah. seen the director's cut. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Nice. Tiny, what's yeah. your potpourri? Uh, my potpourri is also a double hitter. Um, nice baseball term. Is that a baseball? I don't know. I went to a baseball game. A double once, hitter. I don't think so. And uh, I think there's so. a double and a no hitter. You're batting a thousand here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, it's a double header. There we go. That's what I meant to say. A double header. Oh, there you go. Yeah, double header. It's where you get. <laughs> <laughs> um. First up, uh, in our essential Shocktober episode, we uh gave predictions or whatever about what we wanted to do for this specific Shocktober this year, what we what we had planned to watch. And I said uh, I was planning to make my way through, <clears throat> excuse me, to make my way through the Friday the 13th franchise. I wanted to watch all the movies. Yes. Um, and I realized the other day, oh my gosh, it's already the 10th. I need to start, <laughs> I need to start doing this. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I have started. Uh, I, I think I said in that, that episode, I'm not going to watch the first one because um, I've seen it three times total in my life and I never want to watch it again. <laughs> I hate that movie. Um, so I started with part two, uh, which is essentially the same movie. Uh, yeah. Maybe just the tiniest modicum better quality, but that's even saying too much, I think. Um, so part two is pretty terrible again. Uh, but... Part three, the first half kind of drags a lot, um, kind of like the first two movies. Um, but the women look better, and uh, <laughs> some of the characters actually have a little bit of personality instead of just saying lines back and forth to each other. Um, they're annoying. They're, there's a really annoying character, but at least he has some... He's a person. He's not just a talking head. Um, so that kind of kept me going. And then I think the second half of the movie just really took off for me. Essentially once once Jason puts on the mask, mm-hmm. the the hockey mask that's become iconic um and starts killing people, that is good. Like there's a couple kills before that, but they're really quick. Like he just kind of kills one of the townie guys with a garrote huh. up against a tree and it's just like real quick and nice. it's like what? That's the kill? Ugh. <laughs> but that sounds kind of what do you mean by groat? A groat. Garot wire. Garot wire. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was just boring. Hmm. He just killed... Yeah, so that was boring. But then when he puts the mask on, mm-hmm. the hockey mask, he harpoons a chick through the eye. Like, that's awesome. Eh. 
I'm kidding. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all, it looks like all like cheesy 80s 3D kind of attempt at 3D effects, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, later on, he crushes a guy, uh, crushes a guy's head, and his eye pops out towards the screen. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, this was the 3D. That's what movie. I was going to say. That's, I figured it was having yeah. watching it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I actually liked the second half quite a bit. Um, and it has me, it's going to be good. To, I'm going to ride that momentum into the fourth one, which I know my, Mike has said is probably the best in the franchise. Yeah. Nice. It's good. It's a fun movie to watch. Nice. I'm going to watch that just as a standalone movie. Cool. Cool. Uh, yes. I've never seen it, so yeah. Nice. So I've I'm never seen it. Yeah. I'm oh. looking forward to it. Um, hopefully nice. this week I'll watch it. Sweet. Maybe tomorrow. And then um, second thing, just real quick. Um, sorry, Mike. Uh, the, Walking, a- the Walking Dead premiere. <laughs> Uh, uh, you don't have to apologize. That's, <laughs> you you can, however, you did contribute to the first time it beat Sunday Night Football. I did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although I DVR'd it, but still. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wanted to have like seventeen point eight million. It was the biggest episode yeah. they've ever had. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah. Um, but I really liked it a lot. Really, really liked it a lot. Um. Man, the opening scene before the credits, <laughs> it was, it's one of the more disturbing things I've ever seen. Seriously. I, oh, yeah. It, I was nauseous and just my jaw was jaw dropped and it was just, I don't know. That was such an effective scene. Uh, when, when, uh, Rick is knocked out and he's kind of waking up and you hear the, the saw, I think it is. Yeah. That was, that was creepy. And you see his blurred vision. Yeah. So cool. And just like you said, the, the uh, trough scene. Yeah. There's just, oh man, just the attitudes, yeah. the, the nonchalance of these oh, yeah. horrible people. And you pointed out, I'm so embarrassed I didn't pick up on this, but uh, kind of a, a, a an allegory, I guess, for, for Nazis. Yeah. There, was, there were a lot of parallels between yeah. these people who live in Terminus and the Nazis. Because um, there there's a scene where, first of all, they store people in... Uh, train cars mm-hmm. uh, so there was that um and then <laughs> it's been it's been like it's been like almost a year since the since the finale and i should have picked up on that too <laughs> yeah um and then there was a scene um where they show all these tables and they just have all their belongings that have been sorted like one table's all weapons one table's all jewelry one table's all clothing toys and it just reminded me when i was in auschwitz and i saw all the luggage stacked up and all the uh, eyeglasses stacked Mm -hmm. up it just made me think of that um and the fact that they're just emotionlessly perpetrating a genocide or just emotionlessly killing people um that it kind of stuck out to me i I watched it too yeah yeah um i liked it (laughs) i didn't love it um just because Spoiler alert, everyone, but like we said, millions of people watched it. Yeah. Um, Mike, you don't mind if we spoil it? Please. Okay. <laughs> um, they spent the last half of last season building toward Terminus. Yeah. And I fully expected it to be a, like at least four episode stint in Terminus. Mm-hmm. And that it would be, they implied heavily, they, they implied at the end of, at the end of the finale that they're cannibals and they, more or less showed us, yeah, they're, they're cannibals, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, but they never explicitly said it. Yeah, and that bothered me a little bit. They uh, um, they definitely could have drug it out. They yeah. they 
they, that that show has trouble finding the sweet spot. Yeah, oh, <laughs> either yeah. either it's it's um um Herschel's farm mm-hmm. that oh, was God. just drug out ridiculously, or it's like this terminus, which is essentially like almost like two episodes. Yeah, it's it. it's almost like they they were like, well, we spent a lot of time on Herschel's farm and they gave us crap for it. So we shouldn't spend that much time at this really fascinating place yeah. and just get it over with soon. Yeah. Um, so that bugged me. And then just the fact that they didn't really say anything about it. And it's, it's the terminus isn't in the comics, but the, the cannibals are. Okay. Um, and I had such, I had such high hopes for something that they do that there's no way, there's no way that they were going to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to, I doubt that they'll do it. Uh, uh, Later, but all I kept thinking while I was reading the comics, which I reviewed on Obsessive Book Nerd, show, uh, links in the show notes, um, was that in the comics, Rick loses his arm. Mm-hmm. The governor chops it off early, early in the comics. Yeah. Now, on the Nerdist podcast with, with, when, when, uh, Robert Kirkman was on it, he was, he was saying, like, I really wrote myself in a corner with yeah, this. Yeah, I remember that. But, there's when they get to the cannibals there's a scene in the comics i won't <sighs> spoil it it's fine yeah a character wakes up with his leg gone oh, wow. and the characters are the the cannibals took off the leg and are eating it wow and all i thought was how sick and amazing would it be if rick wakes up and his arm is gone and they're eating his arm huh yeah that would have been cool w- won't happen it won't it won't it's the same as like like lori when Lori was alive in season whatever, um, I wanted as her... much as people think the show is a is a risk taker. It's not. It's really not. It's really really not. No. In in my other main complaint, and I'll go on to my potpourri after this, is that the season premiere felt like the season finale. It felt like the mm-hmm. it felt like last season should have ended with that episode with them reuniting and everything, and then going on to the next thing. With this, it's basically their they meet a terminus they have a sh- they have a short stint in terminus and then you they're off and they're they're going to presumably the uh fear the hunters arc from the comics so your only um, issue with it is just the timing yeah i wish that there was more time spent at terminus more yeah. exploration of it mm-hmm. um I, and having said that i you having said that i i think i would have liked one more episode of terminus yeah i think three episodes would have been a good sweet spot to hit sure yeah or four. Anyway, so my potpourri. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Uh, like, yeah, are you, are you finished? Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Are you done though? I know that there okay. that show is such a roller coaster. It's so up and down, it's, and peaks and valleys. Yeah, but uh, I'm still. It has me excited. Yeah, it's. I'll watch it for Nicotero's work. Yeah. Um. The episode was exciting. <laughs> it was, and it was very action packed and very cool. Yeah. Uh, plus things blowed up real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my potpourri is two things. One is Tiny and I had a little mandate. Hi. At the hi, Tiny. <laughs> I'm waiting hey. for your call. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, we went and saw This Is Where I Leave You. Yes, we did. At, at the theater. And it was cool because we were the only people in the theater. Um, mm-hmm. Which wasn't that awkward. Um, <laughs> no, it was fun. Why would it be awkward? Because I don't know. What? I don't know. You're I don't weird. know, Tiny. Ugh. I'm. I'm. Let's blame. Wait, what there. would be awkward? I he thought know. it was kind of awkward that it was just me and him. Well, at, at some points, because I like, see a movie with just Jake like every week. No, 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 no. We were the only people in the theater. 
Completely. Yeah, that happens every now and then. Really? Well, yeah. I wasn't sure if like like I wanted to kind of like say something to him during it, but like I my brain is like don't talk during a movie ever. Yeah. So I was conflicted there. But by the way, Tiny, that first scene with uh with Jason Jason Bateman uh when he comes home. Yeah. I, I wanted to lean over and whisper, This is where he leaves her. <laughs> um God. anyway. So this is where I leave you. I wrote a review on obsessiveviewer.com. You can check it out, show show notes, link, all that. Um it was really, really funny and really heartfelt. I liked it a lot. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um like one of the things that I connect to in movies is sibling dynamics mm-hmm. uh, because I myself am a sibling and I have like different, uh, different relationships with my, with my siblings at different times. And it's like, I, it's, it's a, such a, such a tough um, relationship to depict on screen. And especially in a movie like this is where I leave you, where there's four of them, four siblings grown and they they play off each other so well, and it's so great. Um, you can read my full review on obsessiveviewer.com. I just really liked it, and I also want to mention before the movie, in the lobby of the movie theater, <laughs> there was it was kind of amazing because I was in the bathroom, and then I came out, and I just saw like a crowd of people, and like they were yelling at each other. There was like one lady was yelling at another lady and screaming about how something about how um she let her kid in the movie or something. And they're just, they are just screaming their heads off at each other. And I thought that they were going to come to blows. And it, I felt so awkward. People were holding them back and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I felt so awkward as I recorded video on my phone. Um, but I felt so awkward for the, for the like teenage movie theater employee that came up. Cause he's like, like I was, I was my senior year of high school. I worked in a movie theater. And like, I don't know what the hell I would have done. <laughs> and he just kind of slowly sunk into the crowd in between these two women. And he's just kind of like slowly and awkwardly kind of pu- pulling them apart. And it was so uncomfortable. But then they eventually gravitated toward the, toward the front of the front of the theater and they were still yelling. And then eventually it kind of died down and one left. I put, uh, put like a 10 second video on YouTube of it. But anyway, cause like an idiot, I loaded Snapchat instead of my video recorder on my phone. Idiot. I know. Anyway, uh, an an addendum to that story is that at the building that I work in, um, one of the employees of the building is also like one of the assistant managers at that theater, and I've been working day shift now for for a few weeks. And he he was like in the lobby by my desk, and like he like came up to me, and was like, "Hey, were you at were you at Regal uh, last week?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I was." <laughs> um, and then he's like, yeah, that, that fight thing? I was like, yeah, what was that about? And then he was like, yeah, I guess, uh, one of the ladies paid for her, um, paid for a bunch of kids, a bunch of her, like, like her nephews or something to go see an R rated movie or something. And someone didn't like that or whatever. And that's why they argued. Um, but then he was like, he was like, but yeah, I was like, I was reviewing the video footage and I was like, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, Mike, have you seen This Is Where I Leave You? No, it's it's on my list. Um, I kept wanting to see it, but it's it's been hard to kind of sneak in movies. Uh, right. Busy busy movie night schedules and just yeah. other things like that. Yeah, I think you'll really like it. I think um, I will too. I'm excited to see it. Oh, yeah. 
Adam Definitely. Driver. Oh, Adam Driver's amazing. He's so good. And his character is like he's he's like a destructive character. Like he's he's kind of constantly stirring stuff up, stirring up conflict between the siblings. And it could have been such such a uh uh um it could have derailed the movie. Yeah. Like he could have been such a cartoonish character, yeah. but he plays it with such a like kind of a fun loving kind of sincerity. And mm-hmm. he has like these moments where he's very heartfelt and touching the, the scene where he's talking to Tina Fey, he's telling Tina Fey, um, yeah. about her influence on him pretty much. And it's just, I was like, Oh man, that's, that hits me right in the feels. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really good movie. It's good. Um, yeah. And, uh, my other thing I wanted to bring out really briefly is I recently watched the conjuring again. Um, which, I watched last year. I watched last year at a drive-in mm. uh that we arrived to the drive-in late mm. and we sat at a at a we were parked in a place that wasn't optimal for the um radio wave transmission to play in the car so it was kind of staticky and kind of weak. Wow. Yeah, and it was like it was just like it was everything went wrong. Yeah, everything went wrong. That was a horrible horrible experience. Um yeah. Anyway, um so I didn't really connect to it the way that a lot of people seem to, because I, I think, Mike, didn't you say that you really liked it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. So I figured, okay, well, Annabelle's out. I'm going to, you know, revisit The Conjuring and then go see Annabelle, which I still haven't done, but I will eventually. Um, I liked it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more, actually. Um, really cool, effective scares. Um, the clapping scene was really good. Yeah. Both of them. All of them. Um, and it was just a really cool, really cool possession haunted house movie. And that's, it's a subgenre that I'm kind of, uh, a little weak on, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to, nice to experience that. Weak as in your depth of knowledge? Uh, depth. Or breadth of knowledge, I guess? Breadth of knowledge and interest in. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was a refreshing movie for me to watch. James cool. Wan is the director. Correct. Yeah. He yes. blew me away. His directing in that. Oh my god, it's so good. Like I thought the yeah. movie was good. I thought it was okay. Yeah. I liked it. Um but man, I could not take my eyes off the screen because of the way he shot that movie. Oh, it's amazing. It almost almost makes me interested. Almost <laughs> interested in the new Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think we should do a James Wan retrospective next October. Uh-huh. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. That isn't that like four movies? No. He's he's done a lot. He's done a, he's done quite a bit. He's kind of a kind of a reigning champ of horror right now, isn't he? So uh, he's kind of a horror yeah, go-to for like guy. four movies. Yeah, and he had a bunch of uh, or like a few like lesser movies. Dead Silence is one of them. And then he, did he do the Insidious movies both of them? Uh, maybe. He, uh, as the director, yes, he did. Okay. Yeah. And did he do Saw, things? Dead Silence, Death Sentence, Insidious, The Conjuring, Insidious Chapter 2, and Fast and Furious. Sounds like we got ourselves an episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we could do one episode. It's okay. Probably. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be a four part okay. dissection of James Wan. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of which, there's <laughs> dissecting a person. The number um, one Shacktober. <laughs> I'm proud of that. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I just want everyone to hear how much he's laughing at himself. <laughs> um, 
It's terrible. That was, that was good. It was good. It was good. I appreciate it. I, I like that. You're fired. Anyway, um, no, no, that was good. Um, speaking of which, uh, later this month they're doing the 10th anniversary Saw re-release in theaters. Thing. Oh. Are you guys going to go see it? I might have to. Are you guys going to go see Saw? Uh, did you see the scene in Saw where he uses the saw to saw his leg off? <laughs> I think it was called The Guy Who Had to Cut Off His Foot. <laughs> Simpsons um, joke. No, it's on Halloween, and I'll I'll be having Halloween festivities. Oh, night. yeah. Yeah. So that kind of sucks. I might. We'll see. Sure, sure. By the way, uh, we had trouble getting Halloween, getting the rights to show Halloween for Shocktober oh, and Irvington. Oh, we had so many troubles. So yeah, many troubles. and that's fine. Night of the Living Dead is going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. But uh, if you go to HalloweenMovies.com, you can basically request to have Halloween shown in your town. Oh, uh, okay. Like a, like a... Um... <laughs> Uh, like a kind of like how like crowdfund or yeah. Kickstarter type thing, sort of. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, I didn't look into the details. I just I just laughed at the irony. Yeah, is it kind of like the um uh, what what is it the um paranormal activity like see you first in your city kind of thing? Uh, n- no, it's like you can request to have a showing. <laughs> like probably if you get enough people, y- if you come. if you talk yeah. to these people, they will they will show it. Is it Trinko's Inter- International? Because those people, those pleasant, <laughs> pleasant people, put me on the phone. I was on the phone for a month. Like, I called, like, nearly daily for, like, a month. And every time it was like, oh, no, the guy that handles that isn't in. And finally I was like, uh, yeah, I've been calling for a while. And, and then they put me on hold. And then they're like, oh, yeah, our rights don't um, don't include us to, don't allow us to have it shown for one-night events. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. All right. Nice. That's lame. Yeah, I hated it. Hmm. Maybe next year. We'll try to get him a show here. Yeah, yeah. And we can sponsor it or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 Well, any other potpourris? Um, Not for me. No, I think that's about, I think that about does it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that about does it. Every time. Every single time. Every time. Seriously, I really need to just pre-record something. Yeah. Or just memorize it. No, Tiny, stop it. Stop <laughs> it, Tiny. <laughs> uh, as always, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Um, please, please check out Mike's, uh, Mike and our friend Dustin's uh, musical endeavor. It's uh, 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 as good as it gets. It's the Something Old EP. Uh, you can find that on Bandcamp and then links in the show notes, all that stuff. Thank you to Loud Like for providing our awesome opening theme music. Their first EP is called Mistakes We Must Make and features our theme song and Eclipse of Events. You can find it on iTunes and uh, a bunch of other places. Links in the show notes. Uh, make sure to rate and review them and us on iTunes and as good as it gets. Are you guys on iTunes? Mike? Uh, we are not. No, oh. just Bandcamp. We want it to be free. Oh, that's true. You can't do free on iTunes? I don't know. Maybe. Huh. Yeah. Anyway. Did it. Nah, yeah. Anyway, uh, please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and follow each of us on Twitter. You can find us at obsessive viewer at obsessive tiny and at I am Mike white respectively. Uh, you can also check out the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, which like I mentioned before, I reviewed, uh, this is where I leave you. I'm doing episode reviews of boardwalk empire, uh, only two episodes left, and I think me and Tyner are going to report record a uh, end of series episode 
mm-hmm. I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. Also check out our sister site at obsessivebooknerd.com. It's book reviews and commentary on the evolving world of reading. Also check out tiny side project, the secular perspective.com. It's a podcast dedicated to the thoughtful and, and, uh, intellectual debate between, uh, religion and secularism and how they interact and intertwine in the world today. Uh, we just recorded a, a nice heathen hodgepodge episode that should be going up in probably November, first week of November. Probably first week of November. <laughs> um, we targeted Joshua Feuerstein. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then finally, if you have any thoughts on the podcast, oh, it doesn't that fit. That guy. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. I hate him. So I, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I thing. don't like him. I won't say I hate him. <laughs> Yeah, that I hate guy. Him. I hate him. Yeah. Fred Durst, James, uh, what's his name? Kevin James. Kevin James. Kevin James. Mush. Love together. Child. Yeah. Uh, if you have any thoughts on the podcast or suggestions for future topics that don't fit into a tweet or uh, Facebook, whatever, uh, you can email us at uh, podcast at obsessiveviewer.com or email us individually at matt at obsessiveviewer.com, tiny at obsessiveviewer.com, and mike at obsessiveviewer.com. I think that about does it, guys. Awesome. Also, come to Sharktober in Irvington. Please. The Irving Theater, yeah. October 17th, 6 p.m., 10 bucks at the door, 8 bucks if you have uh, a, uh, a ticket from the Irvington Ghost Tours. Great. It's all donated to uh, Irvington Historical Society. Yep. So, yeah. See you guys there. Yeah. See you guys there. Looking forward to it. Me too. Oh, I'm Should so nervous. Good. Yep. All right. Well, good job. That's it. I'm all over the place, man. A little bit. Yeah. It's <laughs> first shift. It. It's the first. It's me being on first shift is making me weird and me drinking. Water. Yeah, because you weren't weird before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's I was completely exactly. calm and collect <laughs> for every time that I had to redo the intro. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Noise. Noise. Um. (laughs) Oh man, I would lose my too if I met Stephen King. I kind of don't want to. I'd lose my my piss, my all bodily fluids. (laughs) Um, No, I'm serious. Oh, Stephen King. (laughs) Oh God, now he's gonna get a restraining order against me. Um.